Everyone, welcome back. I'm Jess. And I'm Regan. And this is You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, learning everything we can about your recommendation. Today, we're talking about the 2014 film Whiplash. I'm really glad you suggested this movie. <laughs> Me too. I haven't seen this one in a, in a few years, so I was real happy to watch that again. I had never seen it. Mm. And... I don't know if it's because I don't understand music really. So, and I'm not like super into music. So I always kind of like put it off. And then when I saw that you recommended it, I was like, all right, all right, we'll, have, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited to talk about this. Me too. Um, Since this is your first time, I, I really want to get a lot of your, uh, your take <laughs> on this. Yeah. Um, I didn't look around too much for news. I didn't see a lot, but you know what comes out today on HBO Max? What? Blade Runner 2049. Oh, that effect. <laughs> that is a fact. You can fact check that nice. one. Nice. Nice. Um, we haven't had a Blade Runner reference in a while, so yeah, I thought that would be good. Yeah. But, um, if anybody wants to lose three hours of your life... <laughs> Go ahead and watch it. Um, if you're like Regan and like it for some reason. <laughs> then it's hardly a loss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their HBO Max is just like a ton of stuff has been coming out. So if you don't have it, go get it. And I wish we were sponsored by them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could always say we're unofficially sponsored by them and be blatant liars. That's true. I mean, that's what we are. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so get to know you. Do you or have you ever played a musical instrument? Uh, yeah, so growing up, I had seven years of piano lessons back when I was a wee lad, and um, I drunkenly ordered a ukulele actually like five years ago and learned to play that off of YouTube. And then during quarantine, I learned how to play the jaw harp because I'm going with weirder and weirder instruments I can get my hands on. You're also going smaller and smaller. I've seen your videos of your jaw harp. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys have not, go find him on uh, Facebook and it's hilarious. I'll, I'll post something to the <laughs> You Pick We Watch page. Yeah. Um. That's awesome. Can you still play the piano? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I haven't played it in years, but as long as you remember how to read music, which I, for the most part, do, then good to go. Yeah, um, I can't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, where I grew up, um, the last, I had, I had art and music in kindergarten. And I didn't even go to a real school in kindergarten. Our kindergarten was in the basement of a church. Um, and then after that, all funding for the arts was cut off from my school until I was in eighth grade. So growing up, I did not have uh, art or music. And I attest that to why I cannot draw or read music or do anything artistically anymore <laughs> or at all. So 
Um, in eighth grade, though, I did, uh, when they brought it back, I did play the trumpet for one year uh, because I figured it was the easiest one to go with because it only had three buttons. <laughs> was that the easiest one? Um, yeah, I, I did okay. I, I picked it up pretty quick from what I remember. Um, but I could not read music like for the life of me. I don't think like, I think I just bullshitted my way through it. <laughs> Sometimes um, you have to. So, and I once tried to learn how to play, uh, Casey and Jojo all my life on the piano by like trying to re- like writing on the keys, what was what, and then writing on the music, like what was what. So I could like play that first little intro. Um, but that's all. I I have no musical or artistic talent, so. Gotcha. Yeah. But congratulations to everyone who does and who went to school and uh, was able to have it in school. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, speaking of music, the overview of this is a promising young drummer enrolls at a cutthroat music conservatory where his dreams of greatness are mentored by an instructor instructor who will stop at nothing to realize a student's potential. Um, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first, since this was my first uh, time seeing it? Yeah, I, I want you to give your impression of seeing it for the first time. Okay. Uh, so like I said, I went in with no expectations at all. I was like, I don't understand music. I know even less about the drums. Like I once tried to hold a beat on the drums and I couldn't do that. Um, But I love JK Simmons. And I was like, I remember when this came out, I remember all the buzz around it and seeing the scene where he's yelling when the three of them are in the room and they're all trying to like play to tempo (laughs) and he, they keep switching and he's yelling at them. And I remember seeing that scene and going, hmm, I don't know about this. So when I put it on, I was like, all right, let's let's go. Let's let's see what this is about. And for the next hundred and like six, seven minutes, I was so like anxious and so just waiting for this kid to catch a break and just wanted something to go his way like for one second in the movie and it never felt like it would get there and I enjoyed watching J.K. Simmons have like almost no I would say like almost no growth really and like just be this hard ass guy and I could kind of relate to where he was coming from because growing up playing sports you sometimes you have coaches like you don't you don't play competitively to not win hmm. so you have to have that mentality of no mistakes and like go be better and when you're getting yelled at by a coach like i've never had a coach like call me names <laughs> <laughs> or be like that derogatory towards me but i could kind of see where that was coming from and I think in a way that this movie almost makes uh, J.K. Simmons' character Fletcher like a villain for you to 
root against in a way. Uh, and I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it, but it it redeemed itself almost for me in the end, hmm. kind of. That last 15 minutes was like, okay. Like, I was, I was pissed. <laughs> like, at minute, at like 15 minutes to the end, and then it, it got, and then I was like, oh, okay. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um, I wouldn't call this movie like a roller a roller coaster of emotion. Like you said, it's kind of like a to use a music term, a crescendo of anxiety, and just like <laughs> <laughs> really good. But also, yeah, you're like, man, this dude is on a razor's edge of either like getting kicked out or not making the cut, and you're like, please, just please, just nail one song. Yeah, and. When he was saying, you know, when he was going, um, he was early or dragging, like rushing or dragging that scene. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't tell. Like my ear couldn't tell. That's how bad I am at music. (laughs) And I can't keep a beat anyway. But could you tell in that scene if he was rushing or dragging? Oh, God, no. (laughs) There's so many things where it's like you can kind of tell. Like, again, I played piano for a number of years, so... I could have more of an ear for that, but like when it comes to the drums, that's the wild west, you know, like my, my dad played the drums for most of his life. And he, when we were watching this together a while ago, he was uh, right at the end when Andrew's he's doing some real, real fast beats on the cymbals there. And he's like, wow, that's actually really hard to do. And I was like, I'll take your word for it. As far as I can tell, he's just whacking stuff really fast. Yeah. Now, when you looked at, you know how they show shots of the music, were you able to, like, pick up on what any of that was? So, I mean, I picked up that as music, but aside from that, <laughs> like, sheet music for piano looks way different than, like, any other instrument because it's, like, music for both your hands, whereas I okay. think a lot of other stuff, it's usually just, like, one bar. Right. Right. Yeah. So, it was definitely, like anxious anxious times and i'll get into it later when we give our thumbs but i was pleasantly surprised right on so yeah it was i was really really happy with it um do you think that fletcher is a is a villain i would it's one of those things where it's like if he's not a villain he's so close to being one I would say he's for sure the antagonist of the movie where it's like he might not be completely evil in nature, but he for sure is the one who's like the the obstacle or whatever in front of the main character's path trying to like derail yeah. him and stuff. But oof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that like I said, like that at the JVC concert, I was like, <sighs> oh, it's fun. Oh. It's funny because you think that's going to be like a, I don't want to say like a tender moment, but like a moment where it's like, yeah, uh, we're we're finally seeing eye to eye, and it's like, nope, <laughs> nope, you were yep. mistaken and a fool for believing that. Yeah, mistaking so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get into this cast real quick because it's not a big cast. I'm only going to hit the top four people. Um. If my IMDb will go back to where it was. 
I had this all written out earlier, and then my computer crashed. So I lost everything that I had written out because I didn't save. Oof. So make sure you save. Um, Miles Teller plays Andrew, who's the, the main character. Um, I didn't recognize him. I was like, I've seen this guy before, but I have no idea where. And then I looked at his list, and it's because he's Reed Richards in the bad Fantastic Four. Yep. If you had to pick one that was worse, it would be that one, I guess. <laughs> um, J.K. Simmons, obviously. Fletcher. Uh, I love J.K. Simmons. Oh, he's great. He's um, absolutely great. I think his best role, his the my favorite role of his is the Daily Bugle I'm guy. I'm so glad you said that. From the original Spider-Man's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same, yeah. I I think this gives that a run for its money, at least in my head. But I will always remember him as being J. Jonah Jameson, demanding pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah, I think the only reason this one gets lower for me is because I don't like seeing him be mean <laughs> like that. Because <laughs> there is some lot, there are some lines in there that are so. <sighs> like rough around they, the edges, they are cutting yeah i was actually gonna bring that up um this there's kind of a, a parallel between this and full metal jacket where our the drill instructor is just laying into people sometimes for no reason and i feel like that's it's yeah. the same level of like intensity but also sometimes it's funny how much he's laying into someone yeah like I laughed at some of the lines, but then I was like, "Oh, if somebody said this in real life, like that person would not have a job, especially in today's age." Actually, so. Oh yeah. Um, Paul Reiser plays Andrew's dad, which I thought was kind of fun. Uh, I don't see him much in stuff. Uh, I just remember him from Mad About You, and then, funny enough, after I watched this, I watched Beverly Hills Cop, and he has like five or six lines right at the beginning of that movie too. I was huh. like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Melissa Benoist plays the girlfriend. Um, and she is, I knew her from Glee. Um, she's a really good singer, mm. actually. Um, a really good musician. And she played Supergirl in the CW series most recently. That's right. Yeah, she's really, she's really good. Um, I don't think she was necessary in this movie because I don't think having that added drama of him trying to have a girlfriend was necessary. Like, that could have all been cut out and the movie still would have been just as fine, like, have the same impact on me, I think. Um, But I liked her for what she was in there for. That's true. I, I feel like there were some scenes that didn't necessarily change the plot, but it did kind of characterize like how hard he is gunning for like to be the best. Um, yeah, I feel like that's what that was there to like underline. But yeah, I agree with that. Like their conversation in the cafe or the restaurant. Yeah, and also the fact that like once he makes the like the band in the beginning he actually like seems to have some self-confidence after that and actually is like hey you know what you want to go out in the most awkward way and uh yeah. <laughs> and then just like the development of like 
his uh, insane focus on being the best. Yeah. So that's the top build cast, um, which is pretty good for what this movie was made on and how it was made, um, which we'll get into in a little bit. But first, let's get into uh, the trivia with the Academy Awards. And nominated for five Academy Awards and won three of those. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, One best performance by an actor in a supporting role, which was J.K. Simmons, who, uh, because I think he was, it was supporting role because the movie is told in almost a first-person view with um, Andrew. Um, Like, he's in every scene of this movie. Mm -hmm. So uh, he would get, like, main character, which he wasn't even nominated, I don't think, for anything, which is ridiculous, considering he he actually played the drums. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he sells it. So, um, yeah, that year... We had, yeah, he wasn't nominated um, for Best Actor. But that year, we also had Eddie Raymond won for Theory of Everything as Stephen Hawking. Um, Steve Carell was nominated for Fox, Foxcatcher, uh, which my DVD had a preview of that movie on it. And I almost want to see it because it is a weird, true story. Yeah, I'm completely unfamiliar with the story but i saw the trailer it made me want to watch it but then i thought it was weird how like no one i knew had seen it and i haven't heard like anything good or bad about the movie so that's like the only reason i haven't rushed to check that one out yeah um it was nominated for a ton of oscars and usually people don't see most of the oscar nominated movies (laughs) so because they're too artsy which i think this movie was a very artsy movie but it's got like style uh, in every frame for sure yeah um grand budapest hotel came out this year as well which we also watched on the podcast two artsy movies but two artsy in like a different <laughs> in very different ways no one's artsy yeah. in the way that wes anderson is right um, Bradley Cooper was nominated for American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch for Imitation Game, and Michael Keaton for Birdman. Hmm. So it was a pretty pretty big year for things. But still, like this kid deserved a little bit more than that. Yeah, yeah I'd agree um, with that. It also won for Best Achievement in Film Editing and Best Achievement in Sound Mixing which I could definitely see the sound mixing. Yeah, something I I noticed the first time I watched it actually was how well it was edited because there's a lot of like cuts or like pans that kind of line up with parts of the music, which I thought was really cool. I always appreciate that. Yeah, I noticed that too. And so ever since I saw Baby Driver, <laughs> I started noticing that a lot more in movies. Same. So, um it was also nominated for uh, Best Movie and Best Writing Adapted Screenplay. So, But it didn't win those ones. Birdman won that year for Best Motion Picture. Hmm. So I have not seen that. Have you? No, no, I haven't. I want to because I'm a fan of pretty much anything Michael Keaton does. Yeah. 
I have a very hard time not seeing him as Beetlejuice yeah. and everything. <laughs> so I'll see. When I get to the year 2014 in my side project, I'll watch it. There you go. <laughs> Only 30 years to go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's it for, for that stuff. Do you want to start with any other trivia you've got? Sure. So um, I was actually really surprised to learn this the film was shot edited and submitted to uh, sundance in 10 weeks it was actually like principal photography was 19 days which is insane i feel like that came out yeah. really well for shooting on that you know short a time frame and apparent that's a uh, that's almost like indie indie film time right there yeah it actually does kind of have a indie filmmaker feel to it if you ask me but um i guess uh the director who also wrote the film he originally couldn't get funding for the movie so instead he turned it into a short film and submitted it to sundance in i guess a year beforehand and it ended up winning um the short film jury award and then he got funded like immediately after yeah, that's how you do sometimes. Yeah. Um, speaking of like funding and stuff, it was the lowest grossing movie, one of the lowest grossing movies ever to be nominated for an Academy Award <laughs> for Best Picture. And uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, it's when I saw how much they made this for, I was blown away. Yeah, same here. Same here. And that's. I mean, obviously, you'll get into the financials later, but for for that budget, I guess that was a hell of a return, though, even though it didn't gross, like, numbers we're used to seeing. Yeah, exactly, 100%. You know what was also surprising is, I just noticed this in the the title credits, like, as the movie's winding up, it was produced by Blumhouse, which is usually known for horror movies, like Saw, or I think they just made The Invisible Man. Yep. Yeah, they did. They are most like usually uh, known for horror movies and like usually campy horror movies. Yeah. Like over the top, gory. What camp is different <laughs> now than what it was back in the day, but yeah, essentially that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um I thought this was fun. J.K. Simmons has won 47 awards in total for the role as Fletcher. Isn't that crazy? Like, how are you going to go anywhere after that and be like, bro, I won 47 awards for this one character? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, there's, um, speaking of his performance, there was a scene where it was a mistake in the short film that actually got used in the final product. So the scene where he says, I will fuck you like a pig. Um, the camera cuts away from him when he delivers the line, uh, which was actually taken from the short film. The original line was, I'm going to gut you like a fucking pig. But um, the director thought the new line was hilarious and included it in the production script. Uh, Simmons thought it was ridiculous and refused to say it, but um, the director edited that back into the movie anyway yeah i that line when he's, <laughs> he said like i laughed at that but i was like oh like at the same time i was like no you don't say that to <laughs> <I people."> 
There's so many lines in this movie where you're like, oh, you don't say that to real people. Jesus. Yeah. Um they which is it this is kind of cool. So when they're he's on a date, when Andrew's on a date with Nicole, um, there's a song that comes on in the background, which I had to I watched the movie on uh, a lower volume with subtitles because my wife was taking a nap in the next room. So I I want to go back and watch this with her because she didn't get to see this and I think she would love it. I want to go back and watch this with her uh, with our surround sound all up Ooh, and everything. Yeah, it's going to be good. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, there and he recognizes a song. He says it's by Jackie Hill from 1938. Well, there is no such jazz artist named Jackie Hill. And that song, along with a lot of the other compositions featured in the film, are actually the work of the film's composer, Justin Hurwitz, which I thought huh. was kind of cool. That is cool. Speaking of the soundtrack, even though a visual double was used, um, all of Andrew's drumming was actually performed by Miles Teller, who he has played the drums, I think, for a number of years before like getting into acting. But... Um, he it was performed by him uh, to pre-recorded tracks and about 40% of his actual drumming was used in the soundtrack. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think you can tell in some of those scenes that he is actually like drumming and just because of his facial expressions, especially in some of those longer, like when he's like faster, faster, like Mm -hmm. those scenes. So. There were times when the uh, dra- uh, the director actually didn't yell cut so that Miles would keep on drumming until he was exhausted. Yeah. It's it's nuts. It's crazy. There was a uh, something that I just noticed like in passing in the movie there was a like a quote on a piece of paper or something that was like if you were uh, an untalented drummer you end up in a rock band <laughs> or something like that. And and just like it's kind of funny how different like I noticed how different the jazz drumming is versus like rock band drumming. Yeah, especially um, they throw the name Charlie Parker around a lot in the movie. And he was like a famous jazz drummer, um, like super famous. And uh, he would. Oh, man, I think I heard like some sort of remember the solo that like Andrew does at the end of the film. I yeah. I listened to him do like. It was like that, but like for 15 minutes, like on YouTube, he was just wailing on it, never stopped, super fast. It is, yeah, it is way different than any other type of like band music. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, J.K. Simmons was up against Ethan Hawke, uh, who was nominated for Boyhood at the Academy Awards for the Best Actor in Supporting Role. However, Ethan Hawke played his character for that movie that movie was filmed on and off for over the course of 12 years did you know that yeah that was that was insane yeah um simmons only played his for 19 (laughs) days as we've discussed uh not including the days playing the same character in the short film of the same name so like i thought that was just like interesting because one you don't see movies filmed on and off for that course Mm -hmm. of time um, and you don't see movies filmed in 19 days anymore. Exactly. And that definitely... I don't know. Well, the... What did we watch? The Christmas movie we watched. Uh, that was filmed in a really short amount of time, the wasn't season? it? 
like yeah happiest it wasn't it filmed in like 25 days yeah or something? yeah i remember they i think they filmed it like within one month for sure yeah so but still you don't see no. that often but hey i guess when it works it works right <laughs> for the uh slapping scene when he's trying to illustrate the point of recognizing when you're fast or slow um jk simmons and miles filled several takes with simmons only like miming slapping him and for the final take uh simmons and teller decided uh to end it with a real like actual slap and that's the take we see in the film yeah i was like i could tell that that Mm -hmm. was real that was a real i felt like when he goes into that and he's so like smiling and happy and that scene ends literally with him in tears. It's like, like I just wanted him to catch a break. <laughs> it's, oh yeah, that scene's great. Also for the fact that you can see the stages of like frustration with Fletcher, you know, where he's, he starts out the scene happy too. And then like when the tempo continues to be like, oh, little off, little off, little off throw a chair you know like he, he really winds yeah. into that yeah i couldn't find anything on the throwing of the chair thing and i i wanted to know like how really how they did that because that looks like it almost <laughs> hits him like for real yeah. well maybe that's maybe that's exactly Not... how it happened maybe we're overthinking about <laughs> overthinking it <laughs> yeah Maybe we're trying to make it something it's not. And he really just threw a chair at him. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, yeah, J.K. Simmons, speaking of almost injuries, he actually did get injured when Miles tackles him. Um, it was during the last couple days of shoot it, uh, yeah, shooting, and he cracked two of his ribs when that happened. I was so happy when he did oh, that. Yeah. Like, I felt he deserved that and like the events leading up to that and he still tries to drum when you know he can't and it's like i don't think i've ever, i don't think i've ever yeah. seen or at least i can't think of it right now just a better example of someone who's just at the end of their rope and you know it's like oh you're not gonna make it man you're not you're not gonna be able to do this yeah no and it's just like oh it was just Again, wanting him that whole that whole sequence, I was like, he's gotta catch a break. He's gotta do this. Mm-hmm. So So um I guess early in the film, Andrew listens to a CD of Buddy Rich, who's another like legendary drummer, but uh he was infamous for his short temper and would regularly berate and like verbally abuse his bandmates for what he considered inferior um inferior musicianship and that kind of like foreshadows the relationship that he and Fletcher have later in the movie which i mean i don't know anything about buddy rich i would have never picked up on that but i guess if you're super into music that might be a little like easter egg for you yeah i thought that was kind of, that was really cool um i think my favorite going back real quick i was trying to find this while you were um doing that going back to that scene where the events leading up to him tackling jk simmons Mm -hmm. when he gets there and he says the other guy is gonna play the song 
Andrew goes, um, hey, fuck off, Johnny Utah. Turn my pages, bitch. I think that is the best line in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just the way that he delivers that line it it's i just love it i just love it <laughs> i'm a sucker for any time you like at, like uh end a sentence with the word bitch but that that is great <laughs> turn my pages bitch oh. yeah it was it was so so good and you just like you felt the frustration with him about how he got that part and how everything was still going against yeah him. yeah and like Again, Flick Fletcher was, I don't want to say manipulating him, but that might be the word that exactly fits this. But like, as soon as he gets the part and he's actually like getting comfortable with the music, he brings in that alternate that's like, well, now he's going to play it unless you can earn it kind of a thing, which uh, it's super shitty. But yeah, that's what I feel like that is what's driving him over the edge leading right up to that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, when asked about the film's ending J.K. Simmons claimed that he and writer-director Damien Chazelle uh, wanted to inspire discussion and debate and not decide are we happy for Andrew Neiman or are we laminating his loss of humanity the debate I love is how far is too far how much is too much is it worth it this kind of relentless abuse might be necessary and appropriate if you're training Navy SEALs but I don't know if it's appropriate in a music school, but it's there and it can be productive. There's no denying that. From my own perspective, I'd rather have a pretty girlfriend than go to work with this guy and have my hands bleed all the time. I would have made a different choice. <laughs> and I think I think that's exactly what this movie does. It doesn't give you the answer to yeah. that. Yeah, it's kind of like without um, having your feet held to the fire like that, would you still become a great musician? And I, I don't know. I, I do think that, you know, the movie shows that um, it easily w- couldn't be worth it. I mean, I feel like it's up to the in- individual mm-hmm. to decide, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. And it, it does inspire debate. I mean, we've been talking about it since I yeah. finished it the other day. And it's it's one of those where you I don't think you would ever get an answer. And I think you're exactly right saying that it's the individual that is receiving that treatment. Can they they're the only ones that can decide whether when enough is enough. So Um, speaking of um, just exert overexerting and tons of effort. Um, due to the unconventional style of jazz drumming, uh, some of the blood that we saw in the drumsticks and the set was actually Miles's tellers. Yeah, I can <laughs> totally see that. Like that, it's a very weird position that one hand is holding uh, mm-hmm. a drumstick. So very, it's intense. Like jazz music. All this stuff that I've seen, like, did you see the yeah. movie Soul? Uh, like, that jazz music, like, that's how I picture it, just like, you know, slow and, like, sensual, mm, yeah. almost. And this is more, this is, like, intense jazz oh, music. Yeah. So. 
Um, I just have the box office and the uh, release weekend. Okay, All left, right. I just have so. one more. Um, I guess originally the studio uh, gave Damien Chazelle a note saying, like, <laughs> we get it, he's good at drumming, in an attempt to try to cut, like, the end drum solo, but Chazelle was able to disagree with them and keep it in the final film and i feel like it works so much better because that's like the final battle essentially you know like if this was a marvel movie or something this is when the hero fights the villain or whatever i feel like that would have been just uh, a much less impactful ending if that was cut absolutely 100 percent agree with you like if they cut that then it would have undermined i think absolutely. the entire movie so it, it needed that. Um, and again, I was anxious that whole time. <laughs> That's like a straight, like, nine-minute, um, you know, scene, too. I read some reviews um, after I was done because I just wanted to see what other people thought. And the most common theme between most of them was anxiety was, was invented after this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, if you're trying to calm down, this is not the movie to watch. No. Um, so, box office. We said that this was one of the lowest uh, budgeted movies ever to be nominated for Best Movie Award in, at the Oscars. Um, it only had a budget of $3.3 which I felt most of that went to JK7. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, opening weekend was October 12th, 2014. It only did $135,000, which is <laughs> nothing. Um, but our boy, our boy Ben Affleck was in theaters <laughs> that weekend too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Gone Girl came out. Uh, the week before, and it was number one for two weeks. I'm going to say that so. it deserves that status, too, because uh, that's that by itself is a hell of a movie. It's it's on my list. I definitely need to, to see it's, it. It's I've in the same things. vein of with this um, one. Uh, like, anxiety was invented after this movie came out, and I feel like <laughs> being disturbed is like <laughs> just don't go in if you're not wanting to be unsettled that was the theme of 2014 apparently so um so earlier that year we had it was it was a big year for disney and marvel um but first, like the year started off, Lego Movie came out, which I think blew everybody away. Um, and then, funny story, Captain America: Winter Soldier came out in April uh, that year, April sixth. And I actually was visiting my wife with my best friend uh, that weekend, and we went and saw that in theaters oh. here um, before we were even nice. together. So. Yeah, nice little <laughs> trivia there. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, came out. X-Men Days of Future Past. Melissa, Maleficent. Um, which I actually came... I was back visiting when Melissa, Maleficent came out when we went and saw <laughs> that, too. 
Transformers, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which I have not seen any of the newer. I haven't seen any of the Planet of the Apes, but I feel like I would enjoy the Tim Burton ones just Oof, because yeah. they're awful. <laughs> there's there's only but one of those, and it is awful. It's <laughs> funny though because the practical effects are actually like real spot on, but <laughs> just the whole movie itself, woof. Yeah, they pretty much like stopped it right after that first one yep. and then rebooted it again. Yeah, I think that's what gets me confused sometimes. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first, the Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, then Guardians of the Galaxy Reclaimed number one, which is kind of cool. Uh, Gone Girl, Big Hero 6, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber 2. <laughs> Uh, and then the year ended really strong with Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1, and Hobbit Battle hmm. of the Five Armies. So, yeah, pretty pretty big year. Can't wait till I get to the top <laughs> ten on that year because that's a, yeah, that's a good me. year to have. Um, yeah, uh, overall, it, it grossed $13 million, though, in the U.S., which is pretty cool. Uh, and it ended up grossing forty nine million worldwide. So. Again, against a budget of three point three million, that's a fair return. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, it's there to start off in like Sundance and the Toronto Film Festival and things like that, and to get this type of return, that's really good, especially from a director that you're not really familiar with. And an ad and an adaptate an adaptated adaptation <laughs> of a story. There we go. <laughs> so, um, do you want to go first for your thumbs? I think we're. I think I know <laughs> what Pedro both on. I prefer if you went first, on, actually. But... <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I got two thumbs for this one. Absolutely. Um, I've never been quicker. I think to give two thumbs up um, for a movie that I didn't already see. I'll say that. Um, there's so much to unpack in this. There's so many discussions that you find yourself having after. And like, you feel like you have to unwind after you watch this movie. And it keeps you thinking long after the credits roll for the budget, the time, um, the cast even only having like a couple really well-known people. Uh, this, this is a masterpiece, I think in many ways. And I don't think it looks like normal movies that win Oscars, you know, either really big budgets or really avant-garde type films that nobody ever hears of ever again. Um, this was well-deserved in its place. Um, there and I think it deserves every piece of recognition it gets and highly recommend watching this absolutely I feel very similarly I would also give this two thumbs held way above my head um, I, I love so many things about the movie for one like the jazz soundtrack is just really great it's it feels kind of like pouring chaotic silk through your ears <laughs> um 
the acting is incredible <laughs> with jk simmons of course being like the standout but miles teller also does a really good job and i noticed that when you rewatch this movie you pick up a lot more of like subtle things um the editing is great i love there's they make really good use of like showing like just cutting very briefly to instruments as they're like coming into the song and it just looks really cool that in like the swivel cam where it's like going between two characters um i also really like the lighting too i've noticed that um again it doesn't look like a lot of other movies you see there is a really pleasant almost i'd say almost pleasant feel when um i think it's like a shade of like orange or something it's just uh, they use really good lighting and then in certain times it almost kind of makes jk simmons look like hellish <laughs> if you ask me but yeah again i could go <laughs> on about this movie for like another hour because i love it so much but yeah suffice it to say two thumbs up i'd highly recommend yeah i agree with you on like the lighting and like the more we're doing this and the more we look into things, cinematography and visuals and sound, like, I'm noticing more and more in movies that we watch. Um, and noticing those production companies that do all this stuff. It's, like, for me now, hmm. picking up on an ILM movie, like, is, I love doing that. It's like you can tell when yeah. they ever since you pointed it out with the mask. So. Um, yeah, it, that's been on my radar now. Whenever uh, visual effects really hold up, it's usually ILM who's doing them. Yeah, it's it's and those are the unsung heroes of the movies. Like, you usually know the director and the and the actors and the writer sometimes. But then after that, people, like, forget that it takes literally hundreds of people to put a movie together in this day and age. It's not like the 30s and the 40s when you had, you know, the whole cat, the whole crew was in those mm -hmm. opening credits, you know? So, it's 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 great. I, I think there's so much more to movies, and I love doing this, so we can Absolutely. find all that stuff out, so... Um, no emails or anything this week, um, but you can definitely get all your stuff in to us a bunch of ways, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, and email, and, uh, Regan will go over that at the end, and, uh, yeah, why don't you spin the wheel, and we'll see what the next <laughs> treasure right. will be. I'm guessing it's probably going to be a horror movie because we have all our Halloween movies that were left over back um, in here. Oh, okay. So the winner is Surveillance. That was a. Uh... Oh, my mom. <laughs> my mom's going to be so happy because that was what she wanted us. She suggested to us way back at the beginning. So. Right on. That that's the one from is that 2008. That... I believe oh, so. Yep. It's got Bill yep. Pullman in it. Yeah, she is a uh, very. She loves this movie, so 
She keeps asking, when are you going to watch it? When are you going to watch it? So she'll be excited to hear that Perfect. we're going to watch it this week. That'll be fun. Also, I've learned that I can't spell the word surveillance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't either. <laughs> so I copied and pasted. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it. All right. So let's yeah let's take it out so you can get back to work uh, do i have to <laughs> we could keep talking for another four hours i think that's what the people want yeah anyway <laughs> thanks for tuning in guys next week we're gonna discuss the 2008 movie surveillance picked for us by your mom ah and that's not me dunking by on the mom. audience jess's mom Nope. All right. And That's uh, my remember, mom. you can help select the next movie we watch by emailing the podcast at youpickwewatch at gmail.com or messaging us through Facebook or Twitter or Discord at youpickwewatch. I'm Regan. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at author Regan Brooks. And I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadMadMal. And I hang out in the Discord quite a bit because. I'm doing a little side thing of watching the top 10 grossing movies of the year starting in 1984. Also the top 10 rated movies through I am uh, through Rotten Tomatoes uh, of the same year. And then I just decided to, I was going to add the best uh, picture mm-hmm. movies from that year too. So with, if there's no crossover, then it's about 25 movies per year. And Right now, with 1984, there's only one crossover, I think. It's uh, Ghostbusters is on both the uh, highest grossing and hmm. top rated. So, I've already knocked out Terminator, uh, which I think somebody should recommend for this, because we would have a blast with I would love to talk about that, that one. <laughs> Um, and then I also watched, I just watched Beverly Hills. Also, I know you talked about, I know that you're checking out the highest grossing movies, but I'm cracked out on too much coffee right now. And I, for one second thought you said you were just checking out the grossest (laughs) movies of that year. (laughs) Terminator would probably be in there. There's a couple scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, yeah crazy there's a lot of fun there's a lot of movies that i didn't realize i hadn't seen so um i'll be like compiling notes and doing it through discord sometimes and then at the end of it i'll have a a big thing i'm hoping to put together as a little side project for people that like movies so yeah hang out um yeah so we will uh catch you guys next week with surveillance and hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. And honestly, that's go watch right. This watch Whiplash, but don't get Whiplash. <laughs>